0: Well, once again, everybody, welcome to another edition of the morning briefing. I'm Jeff DeForest, along with Mike Luby Lubitz, and much to get to in a short period of time today. As uh, we do have to uh, pay homage uh, to one of the greats who passed away yesterday, uh, the great third baseman for the Baltimore Orioles, played all 23 years of his career. Luby with the Baltimore Orioles, uh, I know uh, you weren't born when this guy was playing, but uh, heralded by many as the greatest. Third baseman of all time, defensively, certainly uh, his lifetime batting average of 267, uh, not necessarily going to put him up there with the Mike Schmitz uh, of the universe and uh, so many other third basemen that uh, were uh, better hitters. Although uh, earlier in his career, uh, his stats were kind of diminished and watered down a little bit because he might have been hanging around a little bit too long. That year he hit 201. Even the most fateful of uh, bird watchers had to be saying, it's time to fly the coop there, Brooksy. Yeah. Time you hang it up. Hang up the cleats. But, uh, no, great, great player. 16 uh, gold gloves, uh, 18 times an all-star uh, Hall of Fame, uh, 92% of the vote uh, when he was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1983. So uh, was he not a first-ballot Hall of Famer, Brooks Robinson? It, it, he would not have been because he retired in, like, 71 or 72, something like that. Really? Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, did he have to wait a while? The great Brooks Robinson, uh, that's a disgrace when you see, uh, some of the people that uh, get consideration for the baseball hall of fame, but, but all that being said, uh, how do I find out about this, Louis? <laughs> uh, there was no speculation that there was something happening with Brooks Robinson. I had heard nothing about him being hospitalized or, you know, going into, uh, some uh, unfortunate uh, form of hospice care or. Uh, any of those things. Uh, how do I hear about the passing of a guy? that I, I greatly admired as a fan of baseball uh, growing up. I mean, we we didn't get to see out-of-town teams that often. You would see them when they played the Yankees, the Baltimore Orioles. You had no interleague play. So uh, even in the 60s, the heyday for Brooks Robinson, you didn't get to see him taking on the New York Mets unless it was in postseason play. And, of course, the standout, he was the MVP of the 1970 World Series, And as Johnny Bench put it, every hit that I got in that World Series went straight into the glove of Brooks Robinson, who made any number of dazzling plays. I mean, it was a circus act out there. But how do I find out about this uh, great, tremendous icon of sport and the fact that he had passed away? My wife screams from upstairs in the bedroom, and she yells down, she did it! She did it! (laughs) I'm like, who's she? And she did what? What does she do? Usually it's the woman that's asking a guy when yeah. uh, you happen to be caught red-handed with, you know, even glancing at another woman. I, mean, I know you get a lot of this. Uh, who's she? <laughs> Which is a question that no man has an answer to. Oh. There is no good answer. You go Ralph Cramden on that. I'm it, I'm it, I'm <laughs> who's she? There's no good answer. No, it never works well. <laughs> even if you did so, nothing wrong. Don't <laughs> screaming from upstairs, she did it, she did it. I'm like, she did one. Who is she? So it turned out it was a friend of hers who was involved in a deadpool. And of course, who does she have? Brooks Robinson. Oh, Jesus. Now <laughs> there's an issue of moral consideration there about being A in a deadpool to begin with. And then B celebrating the fact that somebody had passed away. I look at it mm-hmm. from a different angle here on No Filter. Okay. And uh, that's the reason that we're on No Filter. I, I believe, okay. The guy's dead anyway, or the person, whoever uh, you happen to draw in a Deadpool that passed away. And I've had no luck in these pools. I've lost every time that I've invested in Deadpool uh, opportunities. I, I, I've had guys that, that I had drawn that later on, after somebody had hit the pool, when you go back and redraw the names, and, and then sure enough, like Tommy Lasorda checks out. And you're like, oh, yeah, Tommy. <laughs> you hate to think of it this way, but, I mean, are you really thinking because you have money on it? And, and these are large stacks of cash that are won in these pools because the carryover is, uh, you know, fairly significant. Mm. In this case, uh, you know, uh, our friend ended up uh, splitting, she had a partner in this thing, $30,000. Wow. Should I be talking about this or is this going to cause some kind of government intervention <laughs> with the show? Here's and... what it is. No filter loses its license, even though it is no filter. You're not rooting for somebody to die, though. I mean, and I have no luck in it, Louie. I mean, uh, the last name I drew was Jimmy Carter. <laughs> God, he's still here. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I'm a fan of Jimmy Carter. The humanitarian aspect of what this man has done uh, since he was the president, I, I, you know, it wasn't the best of times when he was president. I, you know, was he sincere? Seemed like it. Was Billy a nut job? Yeah. Well, lot of parallels here to, well, Joe Biden, aren't there? Uh, you know, uh, there's always a family member, the mutant family member. I right? Biden. What is he doing? He's in the Ukraine smoking crack and picking up billions of dollars. It's a little suspect. Nobody would argue that. A little, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you, you end up uh, thinking to yourself, um, you know, how crazy is it that uh, you know you you're you're not rooting for somebody's death, but yet there's a cause for celebration that somebody checked out. And in this case, Brooks Robinson, uh, this young lady who, you know, is a hard working uh, person, uh, you know, works in bars, uh, bartending, serving, you know, and uh, you know, is uh, in her fifties, and she picks up a uh, thirteen and a half times off the wow. fact that uh, Brooks Robinson checked out. Jesus. See, I, I I get Jimmy Carter and uh, you know what, uh, he, he could go in a hospice care. What what has he been in hospice for like six years? It's cool. <laughs> There was a case here uh, in Florida many years ago that uh, I often reference uh, where a woman named Terry Schiavo was in a coma for like like 30 years. It was like 20 years, yeah. And the governor, Jeb Bush at the time, uh, would not because he was this pro-life advocate or whatever. I mean, even though this woman had been dead for 30 years, 30 years, mm-hmm. she's a carcass. Yep. And uh, they would not let the family who's sitting there crying, pleading uh, with uh, every, uh, you know, uh, legal... Uh, possibility that they can muster up uh, to to take her off life support, and the governor is nixing this stuff. Yep. And and so you know she went on for forever. I mean it, it was literally like the uh, you know last forty five minutes of Million Dollar Baby, which we referenced yep. here on the show, yep. where Hillary Swank is there and you're you're, you're screaming, "Die already!" <laughs> <laughs> but it isn't that way. I mean uh, I, I know my approach to it uh, was not that way. Although uh, Jimmy Carter is still very much alive. And, uh, you know, in meantime, like Brooks Robinson checks out. Unbelievable. I, I, out of nowhere. So uh, we pay homage to him. I was always involved in an argument, uh, Louie, about, uh, and I know we, we've we discussed this, and you're not familiar but with the uh, great, uh, unbelievable defensive uh, skills and dexterity of uh, not Ken Boyer, who was a well-known player and was also a standout third baseman in a field, but uh, he was much more well-known than his brother, Cleet, who played for the Yankees for uh, several years and who I got to watch more frequently than other guys. And, and I was a highly critical baseball observer at that time. I mean, if we thought a guy was horrible, uh, we we didn't hesitate to call him out. This was New York City, my friend. Mm-hmm. And I was a kid uh, growing up in the streets. You, you weren't afraid to, uh, you know, tell the Mick to go fuck himself if he went over 4 with three strikeouts. That, I mean, that, that's the way it was. <laughs> we thought that Cleve Moyer was the greatest defensive third baseman of all time. And I can't tell you the countless number of arguments I had with friends of mine about whether it was Brooks Robinson or Cleet Boyer, best defensive player among the two. It was like an old argument in LA, when the uh, big red machine was popular and I used to hear the origins of sports talk and uh, there was a guy on the air and uh, he he had every day his topic was, who's the better shortstop? Can you imagine this was the origin of this business? Bill Russell or Dave Concepcion? Bill Russell was with the Dodgers, Concepcion, big red machine, big rivals. There was no question who the better shortstop was. It was Concepcion by like late years. Man. Bill Russell was good, you know, but uh, he couldn't hit like Concepcion. Concepcion was a monster hitter in the middle of the lineup there or early in the lineup for the big red machine, for God's sake. Pete yep. Rose leading off. You've got Tony Perez. You've got Johnny Bench. Yep. All of these great players. From Morgan. <laughs> Concepcion was right there with him. Yeah. Joe Morgan, flapping an elbow. Yep. How did he ever hit a ball after <laughs> doing that? was crazy. He thought he was more likely to fly away at home plate. But uh, anyway, uh, that that was that was the big big argument uh, was uh, you know was a better defensive third baseman than Brooks Robinson? Uh, the stats, I mean, uh, baseball history would indicate that uh, maybe maybe we were a little far fetched in that one goal Glove versus sixteen. Would you say uh, the evidence, yes. Mr. Simpson, is overwhelming uh, <laughs> to indicate your guilt in this particular matter? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> As Johnny Conkren. A- anyway, uh, we-, we mourn the passing of uh, the great Brooks Robinson, but uh, congratulations to my friend Kat. $13,500 to the good. And that was on a 50-50 split with somebody after they took out the juice for running the okay. contest. Okay. And now it rolls over again. So, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, and I had no luck in that, that kind of stuff. You would want me to draw your name in a Deadpool because <laughs> yes, you will ever. then be destined to live forever. Jesus Christ couldn't take you out of stuff. This- <laughs> no. If I have your name in the Deadpool. I don't know. A I- huge. You know, a fan. It wasn't like I wasn't a fan of it. I like any international competition. I don't know. I mean, do you, you ascribe a, a lot of importance to the Ryder Cup? Who the Ryder Cup, or do, do you really care?
1: I don't. Understand uh, I root the for sports. the U.S.
0: with, with all of my finders, uh to win any international competition. I'm a red blooded American. Yeah. What do you think? I'm uh, American too. But I just don't. Okay, understand but the is point. it of any great significance? I yeah. unless Phil has money on it. <laughs> Which uh, you know we, we were talking about the other day. We, it is true. You put five bucks on a ball game. It takes on insurmountable uh, and exponentially exponentially more meaning th- than it did previously. Right? I I could have given a flying one about uh, you know th- do I care about Washington State and Oregon State? I didn't even know that guy Ukulele was still a college player. <laughs> ukulele of Oregon State. The cornerback there used to be with Clemson. He's been in college uh, longer than Blutarski. I mean, it's like oh, seven yeah, years. Geez. I love that now that a college player like Chris Winkie, you know, could be in his thirties and still be eligible. Well, he's <laughs> in a graduate course. <laughs> now, what's he taking? Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> he doesn't have enough credits to maintain his eligibility as a freshman, but somehow he's in like the uh, PhD program at uh, Alabama. <laughs> hey, Nick, what's he studying? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, the Ryder Cup, the big controversy is uh, Justin Thomas, uh, uh Justin Thomas, a, a good player. I, I respect him. I'm a fan of his. If I'm involved in any golf pools, I, I always consider using Justin Thomas, although it's probably a mistake because he either missed the cut or was beyond 60th place in all of the majors this year. He didn't even make that FedEx thing where, like, they take – of top 100 guys, and they all, uh, you know, make it up themselves themselves uh, with the FedEx Cup business. But um, he, he was a choice, a captain's choice, over uh, guys that, that were probably far more qualified and uh, more deserving of being on the Ryder Cup team, which these golfers take as as a huge distinction. They really do. I mean, uh, they take it seriously. You can go all the way back to Ken Venturi and uh, his many broadcasts, Louie, and, and you know the guy. What would he be talking about? Uh, well, look at that, Lee Trevino just missed that putt. That's going to cost him, uh, you know, several hundred thousand dollars. But more importantly, it's going to cost him six Ryder Cup points. <laughs> Anything, I'm sure Lee Trevino, who was out there hustling <laughs> golf, uh, you know, when he was a teenager there and playing left-handed, so uh, you know he, he could up the stakes a little bit. Uh, you know, it, it, it's some. Um, more concerned about the six Ryder Cup points than he was about a couple of, you know, 50 grand back then. What was probably the entire uh, winner's share. So, uh, you know, big, big differential. Uh, you know, but the Ryder Cup seems to be a tremendous distinction for these golfers to be on a team. No, your man Brooks Kepka, he's so happy that uh, they took a guy off the live tour because he happened to, you know, win one of the majors uh, this year. And, uh, you know, what was it? The PGA one, I, I believe, uh, either PGA or the uh, U.S. Open. And, uh, you know, that put him on the team and, and he thought, wow, you know, th- this is, you know, aside from the money that, that Saudi blood money, that th- this is really the kind of thing that i like to see happen in, in my career. It meant a lot to him, but, uh, this Justin Thomas, what was, um, kind of, I mean, if they had taken Marlo Thomas, it would have created. less <laughs> <of> controversy. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. I, I don't know how meaningful it is to people. Uh, the, uh, Tournament is being, kind of, I mean, the competition is going on in Rome, Italy, and it gets underway on Friday and then concludes uh, Sunday morning before the National Football League games, uh, which I don't get any ESPN+. Plus. Do you, uh, Louis? ESPN+, do. Plus? you do? do? Okay. I do. Well, you ante up uh, to five bucks, or is that just part I of the I have some package, package where I get it. I don't think I've ever watched anything on it, <laughs> but I get it. <laughs> it's the Jaguars and the Falcons. Ooh, scintillating. From London, England. Jags Falcons the uh, Jags who uh, were not really all that competitive against the Kansas City Chiefs this past week and uh, so far you would have to say the Jags are uh, is it fair to say a bit of a disappointment early yep. in the season yeah off to a slow start yep. a lot of people uh, there, there were people that, that have money riding on the fact that the Jags would be the AFC champions this year Peter King has him in the Super Bowl he and only Peter King Uh, Will he be wearing a a disguise uh, when he shows up in Las Vegas (laughs) for the people he buried with that selection? Monday morning quarterback, my ass, Pete. You know they're going to give it to him. Uh, They're going to be giving him the business—the old Ben Drive thing—once he gets there. Be walking around there trying to disguise himself as Tim Tebow. (laughs) Hey, Tim, who do you think's going to win? Exactly. Tebow, man, with that entourage at the Super Bowl. That, that was exceptional. Biggest entourage we've ever seen. I mean, uh, Tupac Shakur didn't have this kind of an entourage uh, when, when he was rapping. Uh, Tim Tebow at uh, the radio row for the Super Bowl. That was pretty incredible. Has uh, Tim Tebow said anything of any great interest in any of his broadcasts yet? Never. No? Never. Never. All right. All right, so I'm going to root for the Americans there. Uh, I don't know who Phil has money on, but I would imagine, uh, wow, I mean, that would really spark a little bit of controversy if he was rooting against his home team in the Ryder Cup competition. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll see how it uh, shakes out. Uh, U.S. hasn't won on European soil. I always like the way they put that, as if, uh, you know, they were just playing in muck. Well, they might be. Uh, I don't know what. What are the courses like in Rome, Italy? Uh, are they anything like those, uh, you know, British Open courses, where you know they have Venus fly traps lining the fairway, <laughs> your ball just gets sucked up, and it, it won't. It won't be good. I'm going to root for Justin Thomas to have a, a good run there, because uh, if he doesn't, uh, you're, you're thinking that uh, you know that this is going to be all the conversation, uh, whether or not. The United States. I, I As if the U.S. wins, that'll uh, you know overwhelm the, the sentiment about the fact that they picked a stiff because of a, a good old boys connection. There, who's it? Keegan Bradley. That that that's the guy. Uh, you know, there's always the guy that gets left off the All Star team that that people are yeah. pitching about. This is the guy that they're screaming. You know, Tiger Woods is yelling from you know some laboratory where he's uh, getting injections right now. <laughs> <say>. <laughs> enough, practically. You got enough of a juice to me to shoot sixty three. You're talking about. Ace, screaming. Uh, Hank Haney is uh, screaming uh, right here on No Filter. That, nice, uh, th- this is one of the most massive uh, pieces of injustice ever worked uh, since uh, Monaghan sold out all of his players on the PGA Tour and said, yeah. Guess what? We're working for the Saudis. Exactly. All right. That's uh, your morning briefing for today. Uh, we, we have a, a vested interest in the Miami Marlins today, a doubleheader after a washout against That's the both Mets. Fish. Half game out of the wild card spot. This would be remarkable if this bunch of baseball back ladies was able to make it to the postseason this year. It would trigger many, many, I think, postseason uh, award considerations, including Kim Ng for general manager of the year and possibly the as a you know, I mean as a manager, he would have to work. Let's go. I mean, I should be let. Uh, we need them on through with a doubleheader sweep today and uh, put themselves uh, with about what? They would have four games to go and a chance to make the postseason uh, yeah, yep. in what would be a rather remarkable year. All right, uh, that'll do it for us. So uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, uh, Michael. As always, a pleasure, my friend. And thanks to the people at No Filter for uh, putting up with us. Uh, so we uh, will have another edition for you of the morning briefing tomorrow, uh, right here on No Filter. From Mike Luby Lubitz, I'm Jeff DeForest. Thanks so much for tuning in.